Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Thomas. Yes, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And I just wanted to tell you about some ways you can follow me. First of all, you can get in touch with me by sending an email to info, I-N-F-O, at D-R, as in doctor, at drdelvina.help. That's H-E-L-P, so info at drdelvina.help. That's spelled D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, dot help, H-E-L-P. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. They are um, matching now. So it used to be my Instagram was a little different than my Facebook page, and that Facebook page got taken down. So now they're both the same, which they are both Dr. Delvina, D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A. And my website used to be drdelvina.help, but I'm redoing the website so soon it will be launched and it will be Dr. Delvina, so doctor abbreviated again, D-R-D-E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A, help, H-E-L-P dot com. You may also follow my office, which is D-R-T, Brain Love. We are DRT Behavioral Services, PLLC, but we go by DRT Brain Love on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Please feel free to follow all and subscribe to those pages. And our website is uh, brainlovehelp.com, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E-H-E-L-P.com. Everything is about help. And we also have a website for our, for our spa and also for our um, CBD and uh, medicinal cannabis licensure. So there's links for those um, websites on DRT Brain Love website as well as on my website when it launches. But feel free to subscribe to all of the um, podcast platforms. Please subscribe on iHeartRadio, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. And if you're um, a member on Anchor, which is Anchor by Spotify, please feel free to subscribe on Anchor as well. As you know, the more subscribers you have, the better. I do appreciate the the subscribers that I have to date. And some of you have been with me since the podcast started in May 2020. So we're in our third year, and I appreciate your support. And if you're sending a monthly contribution, I appreciate that support. And if you're not sending a contribution, but you're listening on a regular basis, I greatly appreciate that support as well. If you haven't already done so, please uh, do a rating on your favorite podcast platform and share it with other people, man. All right. Remember, brain love. Hey, 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 guys. It's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. You know, it's Sunday night again and every Sunday night at 8 p.m., You hear from me about a topic associated with mental health and wellness, with brain love. And tonight, it's no different. I'm talking about 
couple of different things, but I'm going to start out talking about this whole situation involving Nia Long and this fiance, I guess they weren't married, who was cheating on her, and people are like, oh, how can you cheat on Nia Long? But what you hear in the background is Millie Jackson. Millie Jackson, this is her album, Caught Up. Caught Up from 1974. Millie Jackson, um, I don't know, a lot of people may not have heard of her. She's an American musician, a singer, and made some some hits. She was very controversial, too, because she was a very um, unapologetically a, a sexual woman. She made songs like All the Way Lover, It Hurts So Good, If Loving You Is Wrong, That's What You Hear Now, I Don't Want to Be Right. My man, a sweet man. Love is a dangerous game. She began her career in the early 1960s. And um, I remember my mom playing this woman. <laughs> I remember my mom playing certain songs in the home. And the reason why I'm playing her is because she made a lot of songs about being with married men. Jackson's songs often included long-spoken sections, sometimes humorous, sometimes sexually explicit. So before Little Kim and all these women, um, Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion, there was Millie Jackson. She recorded R&B, disco, dance music, and occasionally country style. She is considered the mother of hip-hop. Occasionally, she's considered the, the mother of hip-hop. This has a lot to do with her long-spoken sections and many of her songs, as opposed to actual rapping. But she's been sampled a bunch of times and um, enjoyed writing poems. She was born in Georgia. She seemed like she was a Mississippian, but she was born in Georgia. She's the daughter of a sharecropper. Her mother died when she was a child, and she and her father, after the mother died, moved to New York City. And they settled in Newark, New Jersey. So that is not surprising to me. By the time she was in her mid-teens, she moved to New York City and lived with an aunt who resided in Brooklyn. Because there's a whole lot of city girl in Millie Jackson, man. She used to perform in clubs in New York City. And I remember one year when I lived in Germany, my father was in the military. And he was the manager of an NCO club. He brought Millie Jackson to Hanau, Germany to perform. And that was my first interaction with Millie Jackson as a child. Crazy. Now, this next song is kind of crazy to me. It's called It Hurts So Good. And maybe some of us have been in a situation like this. Listen to the words. And you throw it up against the wall. Okay, so I just wanted to play another song by Millie Jackson. Um, she was talented. I don't judge anyone. People said she was raunchy. Um, she's appeared on the West Ever list for album covers. Uh, she had covers. There was a cover where she was sitting on the toilet where she implied she was defecating. The title was Back to the Shits. So she ran her own record label. 
Um, she did a lot of different things. She was broadcasting from, she eventually moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and was broadcasting from there. She had her own radio station in Dallas, Texas. So Millie Jackson, to me, I believe, is accomplished. And she's still living, it looks like. So if any one of you, if you got any contact with Millie Jackson, please tell her to hit me up. I would like to interview this woman. Everything that has happened in our lives, it has something to do with who we are as an adult. And I do believe because her mother died when she was such a young age, perhaps that's why she was somewhat unrefined and just didn't give a damn. And back then in the the 50s and the 60s, that was unheard of. And in the 70s, really. She was the first to really do that. So, um, all right, guys, we're talking tonight about a lot of different things. We are talking about a little bit about relationships that always comes up, a little bit about cheating and men and, you know, all this stuff. And I also want to just talk to you about a little bit about emotional intelligence in your relationships because I think people don't exercise emotional multitasking, right? And I also want to touch on breakups and how they should be amicable. Um, So just give me a second. I have a couple of things I'd like to do before I get to that. One of them is one of my patients wrote in, he sent me, or not wrote, but he sent me, A video, a voice video, and he's talking to me about things that have happened with him since our sessions. I encouraged him to change his environment and to move, and he listened to me, and he did it. And I want to play his voice memo. Dr. Delvina, I will be remiss if I did not thank you for your support, your encouragement, your services through my transition from Miami, Florida to Baltimore, Maryland. I'm so close to Washington, D.C., which is the DMV area. I am so happy, enthusiastic about living here in Baltimore, Maryland. I am living in the Mount Vernon area, and it is amazing. Through our different sessions, you you raves about Maryland. You raved about Baltimore. And I must say, the information that you provided me, it was well, well received. And I'm here over the months and over apartment searching and job hunting. I am finally here in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm loving the culture, the people. I'm loving the amenities of the city. Um, like I said, it is, it's like 30 minutes from D.C. I live very close to the Penn Station. So, you know, this is an area. And, you know, the people of color have embraced me. Um, it's, a, it's a difference from South Florida, Miami, I must say that I am so appreciative to your services, your encouragement, and your support in my transition from South Florida, Miami, Florida, to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I know many people don't really consider Baltimore, Maryland, the DMV area. However, I just, I'm, I'm just close. Like, D.C. is in my backyard. So, with the transition, I've been able to start a new job, making six digits a year. And as well as move into a luxury apartment building 
and I am loving the amenities of the city and the apartment building. Um, thank you so much and see you soon. Okay, so yes, sometimes patients don't follow the recommendations that we happen to uh, create together. Because when you're in sessions with your therapist, it's, a, it's not your therapist telling you what to do. It's you learning and uh, drawing your own conclusions based on the therapeutic environment and the therapeutic dialogue that occurs during your sessions. So please don't seek therapy because you want someone to tell you what to do. That's not how it works. You really analyze a lot of things in your life. You analyze a lot of things together. You analyze those things and and certain conclusions are created from what you analyze together and you help your patient to understand. And that is how people arrive to certain conclusions, as I would say, on their own. You help navigate and you lead them, but they, they actually create the conclusions themselves. You want to empower your patients, and so that's what... Um, that's what happens in, in good, effective therapy sessions. So I just want to be sure that um, folks are aware of that. Therapy is not about someone telling you what to do. So before we get into this topic of emotional intelligence and how it can affect your relationships, I want to play a few responses from the survey that I conducted from last week's um, podcast episode it was titled the 11 types of orgasms and I got several responses I picked a couple to play back here on the podcast and so um, I would just love to share those with you guys if you are ready for it Um, I had two women who responded and actually I have a third as well and a guy wrote in and had a few comments too so uh, give me a few seconds and I'll, I'll play those for you. Because when people share themselves and they share their information, it really is very helpful to other folks. It really does. Because it, it can trigger um, just some sort of emotional connection sometimes. Sometimes it makes you think about and contemplate your own situation. And sometimes you share the exact same situation. Hi, good evening, Dr. T. I just listened to the podcast. Oh, my God. This is so amazing. So far, out of the 11 orgasm, I have experienced the clitoris, the G-spot, the A and the O-spot, and the blended orgasm, and also the anal. So I haven't experienced the squirting, cervical. Nipple orgasm I've had. Sleep orgasm I've had also. So out of the 11, I need to have the multiple (laughs) and the exercise orgasm. (laughs) Well, uh, there you have it. So we have someone who has had several orgasms, um, including some of the ones that uh, some ladies are afraid of or disgusted by, and I would say the anal orgasm. Um, you know, different strokes for different folks. Don't knock it. Um, 
just, but people have their own preferences. And um, if you are engaging in that type of uh, sexual activity, just be safe. Be sure that it is, I wouldn't do that with just anyone. You want to be sure that it's your main, main, and that you guys are protected and that you've been tested ahead of time because, as you guys know, anal sex, um, there's a lot of vessels in the anus, blood vessels, and um, you can share a lot of different pathogens or organisms that can cause disease this way. So just be safe, guys. I always have to put that out there. Now on to the next comment. So, hi, how are you? I'm great. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me. You responded to my survey on Instagram about the different types of orgasms. And could you tell my audience what was your response? I don't remember. <laughs> so can you give me the questions? Sure. So the options were, and, and yeah, so you don't have to remember verbatim exactly what your actual selection said, but just to remind everyone, the options were one to three orgasms, types of orgasms. So I did um, an episode last week talking about the different types of orgasms and I posted a poll and I asked people to select an answer. So one answer was you've experienced one to three types of orgasms or now you look, you got me, let me pull it up. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm forgetting on what the thing was. Okay. It was one to three, like I said, or four to seven or eight and above types of orgasms or never had an orgasm. So those were the four options you could have selected that you've experienced one to three types of orgasms, four to seven types eight and above or never had an orgasm before and you selected eight and above eight and above <laughs> no that must be an error <laughs> really eight and above types of orgasms yeah I'm trying to even remember this. You know, I'm on Instagram so much. I'm trying to actually remember this survey. Well, that's okay. That's okay. So um, how many types of orgasms have you had? There's 11 different types that I, I listed. Let me go back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So when Is you put so eight and above, I was no, like, oh, let me get let me get her to list the types of orgasms she's had in the past. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. That is okay. You're like, uh-oh. Yeah, it's odd. Because I was like, wait, what? Who's surfing is this? Eight and above. <laughs> no, I can tell you it's probably not eight and above. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, just a refresher for everyone. The 11 types or of orgasms. And maybe some of you who selected some of these options, you may be like, my anonymous caller, perhaps you selected the wrong option, but let's just go through the types really quickly. The first type is a clitoral orgasm. So obviously you're stimulating the clitoris. There's a G-spot orgasm. There's a blended orgasm. So that means you're having, you're experiencing pleasure from more than one of those erotic zones. And that's what creates an orgasm for you. Then there is the anal orgasm the deep vaginal erogenous zone orgasm, which includes the A spot and the O spot. There's a squirting orgasm, 
a cervical orgasm, a nipple orgasm, an exercise orgasm, aka corgasm. So basically you're squeezing those muscles so much that you can make yourself experience an orgasm. There's a sleep orgasm and there's multiple orgasms, meaning you go from one orgasm right into the next one back to back. So with, <laughs> with the reminder, I'd have to say that puts me at four. Solid okay, four. that's still good. That's good. That's good. Do you want to share what four you've experienced? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who you are. <laughs> and hopefully not my voice. Um, I don't know your voice. Child, please. <laughs> Okay, so the clitoral, the uh, G spot, the um, the one that you said uh, happens either simultaneously or back to back with with mm-hmm. two different oh, ones. multiple orgasms. Mo- yeah, multiple, multiple. orgasms. Uh huh. So that's three, and then there was. Maybe the combination, the blended orgasm is the fourth one. Yes, blended. All right, you got your four. Yes, yep. Well, thank you for calling in, caller, and then sharing your experience. We appreciate it. Say brain love. Brain love. <laughs> so thank you to that, that caller. We appreciate processing with you. I have one other caller that I'd like to share with you all. And this actually is a very good conversation between the two of us. She stated that she's never had an orgasm. Check her out. She's on the couch. Check out what this caller has to say. This one is pretty deep. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for participating in my survey regarding the 11 types of orgasms. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am peachy keen. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Do you realize that you selected the I've never had an orgasm option? Yes, I am fully aware. What did you mean by that? I don't think I've ever reached that point. I don't think anybody has ever taken me to that point where I have had this orgasmic feeling that people talk about. Oh, okay. So what have you had? Um, I think that people have just made me come, but I don't think it has been to the extent where it's so mind blowing, where I've, I've been taken to another place, I guess. That's, which is the feeling that I've heard is what an, what an orgasm feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you identify with climaxing. Um, what, what has that felt like to you? So when they take you to a place, albeit not the most pleasurable place from what you're describing, but they t- what does it feel like to you when it seems like, okay, I'm about to climax? Um, there's definitely some tension. There's like some buildup and then I come, but I don't, I, I climax, but I guess my thought is that it's, I'm, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience if I'm orgasming and I'm, I'm fully aware of what's going on and I'm totally in control of everything that I'm doing at the point that I'm climaxing. But from what I've 
thought a, an orgasm was, I would not have that control. I would not really know what's going on. It would just be this immense pleasure. Okay, so I am so glad we're having this conversation because, so you have experienced an orgasm. You just haven't had an intense mind-blowing orgasm. Well, then I don't know if it's an orgasm. I just feel like it's regular climax. I don't feel like it's anything that's over the top. I feel like most people have taken me to that place. Gotcha. So, you know, orgasms are, are subjective. They're subjective. And so right now, for the guys listening, we're talking about just for women. We know that men climax as well when they are ejaculating. For tonight, we're talking about the women like we were last Sunday night. And so, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think if there was a time when I typically don't do this, I typically don't speak personally, but I'm trying to think if there was a time when I had, you know, the pleasure of going all the way or experiencing an orgasm and did not feel like I was outside of my body or if I did not become disinhibited, meaning you guys should remember from last week's podcast, I mentioned of climaxing or experiencing that orgasmic pleasure that you're not able to um, produce certain responses. You can't protect yourself. Your defenses are down. You don't have the fight or flight response because your brain is focused on um, achieving this climax. So a lot of things that you would typically think about or be conscientious of, you're no longer in that realm. You're not able to do those things. Uh, so let's talk about masturbation. Have you masturbated and, and created or caused yourself to orgasm? Yes. Was it mind-blowing? For me, it was, it was a level that I, was, that I had never been with, with anybody else. And I think it's my own fault that I try to stay in control, which is why I have not orgasmed with anybody. Okay. So you're, you're saying that you yourself identify the fact that you don't let yourself completely go. Right. Absolutely. I don't. I know that I don't. So when you're masturbating, you, you let your guard down. You let yourself go. Right. Because it's just me. No judgment. You know, I can do what I want to do and be done. Clean, up, clean it up and go back to what I was doing. Girl, let me tell you, you got to make the ugly face when you're with your man. <laughs> when you're with your partner, make the ugly face. Shoot, allow yourself to get all into it. You will have the best time of your life. Don't Clearly, be ashamed of the ugly face. <laughs> Shoot, I've made the ugly face. I'm like, oh, I know I made the ugly face on you. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta let yourself go. Let yourself go. That will be my goal going forward. Yes, please do. You're missing out by not doing that. Um, you know, and sometimes when people are overwhelmed, they feel stressed, they're anxious, they feel like there are certain things they have to take care of, so they're not thinking about sex. Just let it all go just for that moment. You know, it's okay. It's okay to have 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes of pleasure or an hour or two hours. All those things and issues will be there. 
And if you're someone where you don't want your partner to see your reaction, once you have hit the ultimate pleasure zone, let that shit go. (laughs) Okay. Have you yelled out when you masturbated? Yes. (laughs) Yes. When I'm by myself, there's, it's, it's like nobody else is around. I'm okay with that, but. I guess it's it's me showing that to my partner that I I am afraid of, I guess, in a sense. Oh, man. So does your partner know that you haven't, uh, that he hasn't taken you to the ultimate place yet? Yes. Oh, and, and so what is he saying? I won't let my guard down. All right. Well, I'm giving you homework. Okay. And the homework is to progressively let your guard down. Now, after years, do you mind my asking, are you in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s? I'm in my 30s. So after some years of not allowing yourself to let go, I wouldn't expect that you tonight would just, you know, get with your partner and just say, okay, I'm ready. I'm just going to let you do it all. You know, it may take a little progressive um, exercises you may have to do a few things to get yourself comfortable with being able to to go all the way with him okay maybe a few drinks might help too (laughs) (laughs) that may help yeah you know it may help to have a glass of wine or whatever your favorite cocktail is or um i'm not sure what the usual engagement is like between the two of you guys, but if it's customary for you to just jump right into it, change the scenario and, you know, create a whole, whole scenario of foreplay with words, you know, the verbal foreplay, even before you see one another, maybe a little texting foreplay, just a tad, you know, you don't have to go overboard with it. And then um, try to be alone with him if you guys have kids you may want to wait to do this when they're with a family member or they're you know or you're on sort of like a a night out type of date maybe you're staying in a hotel you know sometimes it can be hard to let yourself go when the baby's in the next room right i will definitely that can pose a challenge too say that again I said, I will definitely try this out because I want to reach that. I want to feel that. I want to have this. I want to know what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, I want you to, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Make sure you hit me up once you get there. Once you achieve that, I want to know what it felt like to you. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. I enjoyed those two sharing their their stories. Um, I told you guys that I wanted us to talk about emotional intelligence. I'm not going to go into a lengthy discussion about it because I'm I want to bring on someone else who has um, done some training specifically in emotional intelligence, and she considers herself an emotional intelligence coach. But basically, emotional intelligence refers to the ability to identify and manage your emotions, as well as the emotions of others, right? So you're not clicking, as they say down here in South Florida. You're not clicking. 
effective leaders are often very emotionally intelligent. So I would say Barack Obama is emotionally intelligent. Um, that's a, an easy one. He is someone who, we, who we've all seen on the national stage under pressure, and he's emotionally intelligent. I would also say that anchors, news reporters, are usually emotionally intelligent because they have to manage their emotions about some very thought-provoking emotional situations. They they are given the news and reports on very sad situations, and they're managing their own emotions. So these people are showing self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy still, and social skills, because you also have to manage the emotions of people around you. So those are two really good examples I can give to you. People with high emotional intelligence can identify how they, how they are feeling, what those feelings mean, and how those emotions impact their behavior, and also the people around them. It's a little harder to manage the emotions of other people. You can't control how they feel or how they behave, but you can identify the emotions behind their behaviors. You'll have a better understanding of where they're coming from and how to best interact with them. Um, and so, you know, maybe a good teacher is doing that. They're managing the emotions of the children in their classroom. And this is something important Something important to learn. It's important to learn um, regarding our families as well and in and, and our relationships. Um, you know, I used to feel like, okay, I can let myself go with me and my family and my son and um, but that's not necessarily always the case. We should probably execute and exhibit this EI, emotional intelligence, in all of our situations and not just allow ourselves to be in the moment. Um, so it's something that I definitely continue to work on. It, it, you know, how emotionally intelligent you are depends on the household you're raised in, um, your childhood, what you learned growing up. So there are some things that I personally can say I had to unlearn and undo and not allow myself to just go into the moment. I would say I'm very emotionally intelligent when it comes to personal relationships. You know, the people that I've dated or folks that I've been in a, a personal relationship with. Um, now, that being said, I will bring on this expert at a later point, and we'll go into a bigger discussion about emotional intelligence. But I would also just like to remind people about being able to be an emotional multitasker. Be an emotional multitasker. What do I mean by that? Emotional multitasking means that you may have emotions that have been conjured from a situation maybe at work or from your children or your parents, but you don't allow that situation to affect your situation with your boyfriend, the guy you're dating, the girl you're dating, your significant other, or the people you work with. So it's like going to work and not wearing or being out and not wearing your feelings on your sleeves. One could say that, but one could also say when you're at work, you're at work. Don't think about your relationship issues. Don't think about if you're knee along, the boyfriend who cheated or the fiancé who cheated. I should say the fiancé who cheated when you're on set making a movie or when you're in the office answering the phone dealing with patients. And I've had to teach um, some of my staff this because 
they'll come to work after having a bad day or a bad night or an argument and they're flat and they're blonde. I'm like, Hey, no, you can't answer the phone like that. We, we have mental health patients. You can't bring that energy in here, but that should be applied to every person, every scenario. So meaning you have an argument with your son or your teenage son is not listening to you. So you just stop talking to everyone else. You're not talking to the guy you're dating. You're not returning his calls. You're not addressing something he asked you a few days previously, or you're not um, being appropriate with your girlfriend or the woman you're seriously dating. Um, You're behaving in an unbecoming manner. You're no longer being sweet because your daughter has pissed you off or your mother has pissed you off. You can't do that. You have to separate the situations, and that's what I call emotional multitasking, and a lot of people suffer or a lot of people don't have the ability to do this. Practice makes perfect. Practice emotional multitasking. When there's a situation happening, there's a fire somewhere else, you don't have to bring that fire to the other house or the other place. And actually, if it's a person that you care about and you guys share information and you bounce things off of one another and you process things together, process that. Talk about that, especially if there's someone you can confide in and you can trust not to talk about your business. Now, onto this thing about Neil Long and M.A. Uduko, this guy being suspended for having a, a relationship with someone at work. Guys who have cheated or women who have cheated, what do you think? Why do you cheat? Do you cheat because your mate has something that you need or you want in the moment and the person who you cheated with displays that whatever that trade is that you're looking for that you need in the moment of time? So M.A. Oduko reportedly made unwanted comments to female Celtic staffer after the alleged affair. He was suspended for violations of team policies. You don't shit where you eat, guys. You don't shit where you eat. And to Nia Long, girl, we've all been in this situation. And some of us have been in the situation and just didn't know it. She stated, quote, the outpouring of love and support from family, friends, and the community during this difficult time means so much to me. I ask that my privacy be respected as I process the recent events. Above all, I am a mother and will continue to focus on my children, close quote. That is right. Some women let it all go when they find out their man has cheated on them. They don't take care of the kids. They are no longer performing their motherly duties. I am so glad that Nia Long emphasized, I'm a mother. I'm going to focus and take care of my kids. This shit is secondary to me. So we don't want to lose sight and lose focus of the things that are very important to us. Apparently, Long and Udoko talked in a hotel lobby until 1 a.m., then went to dinner the next night at an Italian restaurant in the North End. And um, this was when they were first dating. So people saw this relationship happening, and just like they see everything else happening, when you're in the limelight, your business is in the limelight as well. Uh, Neil Long chose not to get married. They got engaged in 2015 but never got married. Um, She has spoken multiple times about not feeling the need to tie the knot. I wonder where that came from. I wonder if she just felt like he couldn't be, he couldn't be faithful or maybe she herself 
didn't know if she could be faithful. She said that she understood the religious aspect of marriage. Um, and she said it's beautiful and fantastical, but she doesn't have a need for it. So she has shared photos of the family of Yudoko and the children and these things. Um, and um, she celebrated them moving on to the finals. Udoko issued a statement apologizing for his ill ways. He wanted he stated, I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization and my family for letting them down. Mm-mm-mm. My goodness. So I wonder they suspended him. I wonder if they'll eventually fire him. So for the folks who are saying that how could he cheat on her? She's beautiful. Men cheat all the time. They come into my they come in my office and talk to me about the cheating. Um so it has nothing to do with how she looks. The issue is not the woman. Or if it's a woman cheating on her man, the issue is not the man. The issue is the person who's doing the cheating, right? Because instead of cheating, you could actually just walk away from the relationship. But because people want their cake and they want to eat it too, they don't walk away. Or because whatever agreement they've made, maybe they've told their wife or their husband, I will never, ever leave you. I will never leave you. So I think cheating is something we will never understand because cheating is based on lies. People lie all the time. The person cheating is lying. The person they're cheating with is lying. And sometimes the person they're cheating with is also cheating themselves on someone else. I found this quite interesting. I was doing some reading, and um, there's an article that talks about Nia Long's previous relationships. She and Chris Rock went out on a date together. They exchanged numbers. After a week goes by, he never called her. And um, when she called him, she realized he gave her the wrong number. Chris Rock admitted to this, stating that Nia Long was, quote, obnoxious, close quote. He said she was obnoxious when they met. So I don't know. I doubt if it has anything to do with why what happened happened. But, guys, there's just so many aspects to every story, especially every relationship story. So let's not sit on the outside looking in and judge It's hard to manage a relationship. It really is. Well, Bambinos, at this point, I'm going to call it. I think we had a nice conversation about several different things related to relationships, and I really appreciate your ear as usual. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being on the couch with me tonight. Um, You know, just be honest. Be honest from the beginning with your relationships. If the person is not someone you're typically attracted to, if they don't check the boxes for you, why settle? When you settle, cheating is a result of settling, I promise you. Cheating is a result of settling. But as we get older, there are times when people compromise and negotiate with themselves, so it's a complicated situation. But anyhow, stay safe. Stay love, stay in love, stay loving yourself. That's what I mean by staying in love. And love your brains, man. Love your brains. Brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember... 
every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love.